Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 72, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. I'm Tony. Um, do you want me to explain or do you want you, to explain? Tell us what you're doing. You're, you're, you must be hearing a uh, unusual background noise mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, so as we kind of alluded to last week. Bit of a wane. In fact, this might all be redundant because it might come out in October. I think it will actually, yeah. <laughs> Because we had this wise-ass idea to record a Buffer episode. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so I, for charity, am working at walking um, 10,000 steps a day for the month of September, uh, raising money for cerebral slash cerebral palsy. Um, so Tony donated a hefty sum last night. Oh, almost, almost double figures. No, wait. <laughs> Um, and the one of the caveats was to walk through an entire episode, so that's here we right. Are. Yeah, doing it. Which is actually really good because I struggle to hit my target on a Friday because Fridays are so full. Because I go from work to here to record to home to edit to post. Right. And don't have time for the walkies. So so doing this is just perfection. Yeah. It's. Two birds, one stone. So I think this will come out. This episode will come out next. So it'll be next Friday, which is still September. <laughs> you so mean today to everyone listening? <laughs> to everyone listening, but to us it's next Friday, and it's which will still be September. Okay, the twenty eighth. So I there's think. still time so for you'll, people you'll to still donate. Have, you'll hear this episode, and you'll still have a couple of days to donate. So so far, I've um, donated. I'm the only one in my team of four that's had any donations oh what what's going yeah. on my team's ninth in the in the entire company full of teams on fundraising and and you're the only I'm one the only one that's raised any the bloody breadwinner here. yeah <laughs> and also the only one that hasn't dipped under the ten thousand steps Jeez, some have done more but the, the boys coming close to close to the 10 you're like the september whore that they're all just having a go with you're you're making their money yeah so Essentially, at this speed, I should be. <laughs> I'll cope. Um, <laughs> essentially, at this speed, I should be doing about two and a half k's in an hour. So, if the record goes for an hour, you know I'm two and a half k's further, further away. Down, than, further down the road, yeah. It'll make it harder to record. Yeah, further away. Exactly. But you have got you got your um, I guess your essential um, equipment there next to you. So you got your your beer holder. Yeah, I don't think a treble. Quite good. I don't think a treble's ever been designed with a beer holder before, but yeah, I don't know. It seems it to work. work. I mean, you could hold all sorts of things: beer, bourbon, all sorts gin. of alcohols, yeah, yeah. or drugs, yeah. <laughs> Packet of cigarettes yeah. you can put in there. It's actually a good size hole for a stack of cigarettes. It is perfect for you. You could probably get like two twenty packs in there or something, like that, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, Just needs a built-in lighter. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they make should lighters have, on Should treadmills? have a lighter on one side and a bottle opener on the other. <laughs> That's perfect. Exactly. They're missing a the trick here. I'm impressed that your um, treadmill doesn't get used more for hanging dirty washing on, or uh, sorry, clean washing on, 
like most people ah uh, yeah i think being in the garage is what is what does that so it's relegated to the garage because it's ugly but you use it a fair bit right i do like every every day yeah yeah it's good it's probably the most used treadmill i've seen <laughs> i'm not having a go i'm saying it's a good thing that's good the it gets um collided with the by the car every time i park it and that's why that cushion is there by your right foot oh yes so as, as i drive <laughs> put in, a cushion next to it yeah. so you don't hit it with the and car and you can see because uh, we're in the garage at the moment if we hadn't explained that already but um the treadmill lives in the garage and um so behind you is arnie which is the new car and there's a cushion behind arnie as well to stop um my partner <laughs> backing into the christmas tree <laughs> brilliant <laughs> um so the other thing I'll add is, there's a good chance I'll hit my 10,000 steps during this episode. What are you up to now? Should we do a, uh, a check right now? Yeah, so that's the thing. It's going up quite quickly. Okay. I started on, I think, 7,500 or 7,600, and we're already up to 7,860. Oh, wow. So we're good. Oh, you will let us know if you hit the 10,000 during yeah, the episode. It'll be a yeah. celebration. The yeah. thing will buzz on my wrist. Oh, will it? Yeah. So you'll know about it. A good buzz. Yeah. A good buzz. Um, also, it's either really good timing... I'm on timing. my second beer, so I'm working a bit of a good buzz as well. <laughs> Have you been working out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, pass me a cigarette, would you? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, oh dear. Got the wobbles. <laughs> it nearly ended disaster. <laughs> I almost fell off. I'm not used to walking on a treadmill. Yeah. I don't think it usually has a big learning curve, but somehow I'm needing to needing to hold myself afloat here when i was saving to buy this house and um i lived back with my parents for a couple of years while i, I saved that treadmill was in my bedroom uh-huh. and um I used to put the cat on it and <laughs> the cat would love walking on the treadmill oh yeah let's go for a wee walk she'd just sit there and walk ha- happily walk for half an hour on the treadmill that's really <laughs> that's <laughs> really weird really weird I'm, and, and I can't, it wasn't even forced like you didn't cut the bottom out of a cat cage and, no. and sit it on here i just sort of i would just turn it on like at the pace you were doing and just put her on it and she'd just walk on it quite happily weird yeah so it's, it's got a diamond with 75 on it and it says 1932 to 2007 what treadmills were they making in 1932 don't know at york fitness is it just york fitness of that old maybe must be um do you think they were like sort of like horse-drawn treadmills <laughs> maybe i pulled a wee tread pad and yeah. That was what did it. yeah maybe um what else was i going to say the beautiful timing of this thing means that um the story this week happens to be my story mm. too yes so well, i've just finished my out. three week streak yeah <laughs> So my laptop's charging over there at the moment, and at a certain point when we go to throw to the story, I'm going to need you to um, hand me my laptop, because I'm imagining I'm not allowed breaks. No, you're not allowed breaks. <laughs> that, which <laughs> is lucky I didn't lost off. it again then, yeah. I don't know what it is that's throwing me off. Maybe because it's against this wall? Yeah. When I, when I run, I always look at that map of the South Island oh, good, directly ahead hey, of me. I can see my house from here. Yeah, you would be able to, in your satellite <laughs> settlement. So I always look at that and I think about camping places I go to. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, speaking of camping, we've got the Katmandu camping table and um, the camping chair. Unofficially sponsored by. Yeah. So, yeah, quite good. This is a very good camping table, actually. I'd recommend the... Uh, Katmandu camping table folds away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had many a uh, glorious uh, camping uh, trip, breakfast, w- wilderness dinner on this. So, 
drinking game, all this sort of great stuff. You're listening to Camping Chat. Oh, I love Camping Chat. Lights in the Sky podcast. Uh, Next time you're camping, look up, take in the surroundings. Maybe you'll see a UFO. Oh, and that is what I often do. Gaze (laughs) to the skies. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, Other piece of general admin. Um, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. We said for people to have a look on newpodwordorder.com if they want to find our... It's a dirty word, don't say that. (laughs) If you want to find our episodes to stream online. Um, Trying to do all the talking and also walking. Yeah. I don't remember puffing this much when I'm walking and talking at work. (laughs) Um, 8,100 steps. Nice. Um, Bit of a breakup. Yeah, a little bit. When was your last breakup? I've never had one. Oh, you probably wouldn't have. My wife is my first girlfriend. Yeah. Um, Fun fact. Um, You've had tons of boyfriends. (laughs) (laughs) Also not true. Um, The... A place to listen online to our episodes is no longer newpodworldorder.com. It's been... Um, We're we're divorcees. Yeah. (laughs) We're the latest uh, pod to leave the network. Um, Won't go into any any specifics, but uh, nothing changes for anyone. How do you say that word? (laughs) Irreconcilable differences? It's a good one. The other one is indefinite hiatus. Yeah. It's a good one too. But... um, uh, in reconciled. Yeah, some weird stuff going on. Um, uh, Beige, who's awesome, has always posted our episodes at a certain point. Um, they started trying to charge us, but not Beige. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then at, a, at another certain point, wanted to sell stuff with our logo on to fund the network, um, which I wasn't that keen on. Yeah, they tried to get, get me to donate sperm. <laughs> like, and that's crossing a line. Uh, yeah, all I'm of like, this I'm is, not, in I'm my opinion, and I'm not fathering illegitimate children for you. <laughs> um, so, long story short, I'll put up a website that has our episodes on it, but um, most of our listeners, based on our analytics, listen through um, Android apps or iTunes, so that's where you can find everything. And if you're really struggling, then tweet us at LITS underscore podcast, and we can sort you out. Yeah. Um, for free. For free? Yeah. The way life should be. <laughs> How's it going there? Good. A little bit wobbly. <laughs> and it also <laughs> takes concentration to walk, talk, and not lose my balance, and also breathe at the same time. <laughs> Normally when I'm running on the, on, on the podcast... Yeah, you talk for a bit. Right. Normally when I'm running on the treadmill, I have a, a podcast playing. Yeah. Um, so where your water is... How is... often do you have a podcast recording? Uh, this is the first time. Oh, really? Wow. Yes, this is the... the breaking it in. The origin story of mm-hmm. our rec- first recorded podcast on that treadmill. Uh-huh. But I'll have the podcast cranking, and I'll be going for a runny poo, as I call it. <laughs> as you can see the you sign. You can see there. the sign that says, runny poo, three, two, one, go. Yeah. Well, behind you, look out! Ah! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> We're a bunch okay. of stuff just fell We're off okay. some boxes in the, in the garage. When we, um, <laughs> when we got the table out... And the chair out, it um, sort of, I guess it dislodged the, the camping <laughs> stack. So there's a wee stack in here in the garage of all the camping equipment that sits away. And it hasn't been used for a long time because it's been winter. Haven't had a chance. Hasn't been, you know, not needed to use it. And um, it just felt a little unstable. We thought we'd put it back together. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I was like, I, I was. The first thought was the cat was running towards. Them. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why are you so alarmed? The cat's just there. Because the cat loves to get into the garage. And I looked around and saw the cat, but it's the kitty leather cat picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, off oh. the packaging. <laughs> my first thought was that it was going to knock that bear onto my computer. Yeah. So I wasn't keen. Liquids plus electronics. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> Real but, life but drama. But you know what you didn't do? You didn't get off the treadmill. <laughs> why so you don't, you don't I'm not getting off the treadmill until we're done. Yeah. Um, also, while walking this month... Um, I've had time to reflect. Oh, okay. One bit of a spirit I had, which I thought was really strange, and it might just be that I was deluded and it was weirding me out in the same way that like a stoned person has a mm. realization. Could you get in that um, walker's high? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, the thing is, every time, the longer you're alive, the closer you are to being the oldest person alive. That's true. Right? Yeah, that's true. Unless more people younger than you die in that one instant. But I guess you're still getting so closer, So you're hoping right? for everybody who was born before you... Yeah. ...kick the bucket. Yeah. And then... Isn't that weird? Get at the top of the list. Yeah. Is that weird? Is that paranormal? Have we got there yet? I was watching Ozark this yeah. week. I've heard it's good. It's very good. And the comment was made about, you know, as soon as you're born, you're just on this collision course with death. Yeah, that's really cheery. And it's like, that's I started true. watching a comedian doing stand-up, and that's basically how they started yeah. their thing. And I was like, well, this is not funny and changed the channel. <laughs> it's so depressing. Right, we changed the subject in scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. I just wasn't in the mood for that. I was in the mood for stand-up at the time. Yeah, not that so, at all. I mean, so, no one's listening to us for funnies, so no. feel free to <laughs> kill the mood. I just thought that. It's a good point. <laughs> it's just like we're all just on a bus to death. So, yeah, very good. Mm. But what you're doing now, not drinking alcohol, drinking but, beer. but walking, that's helping oh. with your health. It'll keep you living longer. The only thing It'll I've noticed is prolonging. when I'm holding the beer, does it know I'm stepping? Because it's not moving my wrist, which the pedometer's on. Mmm. It's not moving. Okay, you might have to use the other hand. So the more beer I drink, the less steps it gives there me. There we go. Which is probably, I mean, it's probably like, I deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> if you were, a, say, a heavy masturbator, you would <laughs> Would it give it. you steps? Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Just do the action. Oh, right. It's not that big. Well, it's like, if you, yeah, if you swing it over a metre, which you would. <laughs> You'd read in traffic. You would. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that was heaps. <laughs> so if you... That's not why I'm so consistently oh, good at step timber, I guess though. they can say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, of, this, is, this is like, you know, if you get home, and you're like, oh, I'm a bit short, and you're like, to the wife, I'm going to jack it five times. <laughs> Jesus. And yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll be back in 15 minutes. With blisters. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I haven't had to resort to that yet, but... <laughs> haven't still had to resort to jacking If we're on the treadmill next it. Friday, then yeah. I'm extremely short. Yeah. <clears throat> haven't had to resort to jacking it to boost your numbers. Yeah, exactly. For charity. <laughs> <laughs> jacking it for charity. <laughs> now we know the truth. Yeah. Um, 
Shall we dive into the story? I think we should, yeah. Have you got any other... I see you've got a brand new drill still in this box over here. What's yeah. the story with so that? So the ongoing renovations to the house uh, have meant that I decided finally to buy a drill. Oh, so it's a recent thing. It hasn't it's a sat recent there for months. Thing. No, no, it was bought um, last weekend. So, And I bought a toolbox as well. You can see next to that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I, got, I went for a tool bag. <laughs> it's a I bit, did. It's, it's a, a tool it's bag. A it's quite cool. Oh, good. Reminds me of the olden days. <laughs> like, where you sort of fold it up and unroll it, and all the tools are inside it. Sort no. Of thing? Oh. <laughs> it's like a like a doctor's satchel, but made of canvas. Is a tool belt a thing? Tool belt. Yeah. Yeah, you builders wear them. Is it like a bum bag for builders? Like a fanny pack I for guess builders? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fanny pack for builders. Nice. Uh, yes, I bought the drill. I'm sure um, no one markets it as that, though. Fanny pack. Build his fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. Got so to Mitre 10 and just like, oh, where's your fanny pack? I need a fanny pack? Yeah. So you finally bought the drill. We'd spoken about this, about buying a drill. And um, when I need to put that camera up outside. Yep. And finally thought, right, well, I'm going to have to drill a couple of holes, put some curtains up. Uh, I thought, I'm just going to buy the entry-level drill. It's not uh, battery power, so it needs a needs a mains power. Wall plug, yeah. So, yeah, entry level drill. We'll see how we go. And if I like it and it gets a bit of use, then I'll upgrade. Um, I've got one of them, and I can tell you it's going to be an angry beast. Angry beast? It's an impact drill. Yeah. Which they're like for drilling into concrete. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> But see how you go, because I've done the same thing. I use it as a normal drill because I can't be bothered getting a more expensive one. Yeah. I mean, I need to drill like five holes. Yeah. That's what I did at the time, too. What did you drill into? Um, plywood. Walls. Like, shop displays. Right. Back when I was self-employed. Yeah. Nah, we'll see how we go. Anyway, this is riveting. I need to drill through a wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> and Just to see if you're... End up in Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right, I'll get this I'm getting up. a wobbly again. It's real. I've got to keep staring at the South Island. Um, so if you just unplug the computer, and you could probably sandwich it in half backwards like a tablet, and don't drop it or you bought it. <clears throat> cool. Let's see how this goes. All right. This is okay. really going to make me fall off here too. So I'll just wait for it. It just feels like using a really big tablet. Oh, watch out for my beer. <laughs> right, back in the seat. Yeah. The seat. Um, you're going to have to keep talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were about to launch into, the t uh, into, your, into your yarn. I just so got to log in. Just log in. Right. Um, do I do a quick <laughs> quick check of the steps? Oh, one thing, um, one thing that occurred to me, you know, that we're trying to be the number one sports paranormal yep. podcast. One thing occurred to me that um, your pick of Jacksonville Jaguars to take it out. Yeah, they're like two and zero at the moment. Oh, really? They just beat the Patriots. What? Yeah. <laughs> And for those of you listening to this, this was two weeks ago. So <laughs> <laughs> we got some in the bank. So before you start the uh, the story, you'll need to give us a steps count so we can oh, yes. see where we're going. We, All right. uh, I found my update. story, so that's the main thing. That's good. We, we'll we, go we, we did test this and listen back to the noise, and we hope it's not too annoying. But um, we thought it was quirky, original enough to do. It's so. for charity. You can't be charity. angry at that. You can't be 
Ari? You can't be Ari at that. You can't be angry at people with cerebral palsy. If you don't like this, then you are angry at people with cerebral palsy. You would literally shatter on someone with cerebral palsy. Come on. Do you want to be that person? No, we, you don't. Can we pull this out of the disabled gutter? Or just bringing it back to Earth, because I'm just worried that people might be, you know, a bit annoyed about the disruptive audio. And we want to say, if you want to, if over someone with cerebral palsy, then have it, then you know, have a crack at us. This is a good way to break in my new shoes too. Very just good. To change the subject. Our um, count. I don't think it's given me credit for these, eh? What are you up to? Eighty-eight thirty-two. Oh, you're closing. You've, no, no, you're closing in. All right, all right. But you're nearly there. Less than twelve hundred away. The Theatre Royal in Drury Lane. That's the Muffin Man's place, isn't it? I work on uh, Drury Road. Really? Yeah. Track him down and send him hate mail. <laughs> the Theatre... The Theatre Royal... Rural... <laughs> <laughs> rural. bear and working out is messing with my brain. <laughs> have a water. Have a sip of that water. Can that go there? Oh, no, I might hit the stop button. The Theatre Royal... <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get through this, are we? The Theatre Royal, Drury Lane, is the oldest working theatre in London, and although the present building dates from 1812, the year of the overture, the first theatre on the site was founded in 1663. In keeping with its antiquity, many phantoms are known to lurk in the wings behind its spectacular cream portico. Oh, I do do like a creamy portico. (laughs) Sounds delicious. (laughs) I'm getting wobbly. <laughs> there is the ghost. Do you want of... me to stand behind you instead of your hips? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> you quick to shoot me down there, weren't you? There is the ghost of Joseph Grimaldi, who, in the course of a long, uh, from 1778 to 1837, who, in the course of a long and distinctive theatrical career, almost single-handedly laid the foundations of the pantomime tradition. And breathe. <laughs> Just wondering about your um, your hand. Which with, hand? Uh, with with step camera. Oh right? no! It won't. I can't be... hold and walk. Can you rest like it that? on? Because you could rest it on the front of the display there, and maybe hold it with one hand. I think this is probably alright. Okay. Good spotting though, because that wouldn't have been giving me yeah, credit again. Then I was that, holding it would, it. Yeah, you would have finished below ten thousand. If we don't get ten thousand, it's going to be pretty uh, pretty disappointing. It's going to be rigged as because I would have done two and a half k's and not given two thousand <laughs> steps. <laughs> Uh, the you character have, of the jacket live on the podcast. <laughs> it's going to make it incredibly awkward. Yeah, just to make numbers up. Yeah. The character of the white-faced innocent rogue that he created became so universally popular that clowns are still known as Joey's in order of the father of modern clownery. How often have you heard of a clown be, being called a Joey? Just thinking maybe that's why Joey Tribbiani is called Joey Tribbiani. He was maybe. a clowny fellow. Maybe. Maybe we're going way too deep on that. <laughs> it's like the name Joseph. But the exertions of his craft exacted terrible toll on Grimaldi's health, and he was overcome by crippling disease that forced him to give up acting. It's a bit like your physical exertions <laughs> overcoming you on this podcast. <laughs> Just don't get that pant on. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the holding a thing, keeping one arm moving... <laughs> Reading a thing and also breathing. And you have to bring your arm up to scroll down as well. Yeah, exactly. By 1818, he was destitute, and so a benefit performance was organised at the Theatre Royal. 
Despite having to be carried onto the stage oh. and only able to perform seated, Grimaldi had lost none of his magic and showed himself <laughs> able to evoke laughter at will. Good on Grimaldi. <laughs> Such a joey. Feel free to keep interjecting like that yeah. so I can breathe. I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> Normally my interjections are, yeah, are, are met with disdain. But. <laughs> no, by all means. Although he died in 1837, his ghost has returned many times to the Theatre Royal and is renowned for administering a mischievous kick and actors, cleaners, usherettes have all been on the receiving end of his spectral boot as they go about their everyday duties. He kicks someone up the ass. He kicks them in general. Don't ask me questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just sounds like I'm really unfit. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah. You're trying to juggle a lot of tasks. Yeah. One of Grimaldi's final wishes was that his head should be severed from his body prior to burial. What? This macabre request was apparently carried out, and this might account for the disembodied white face, which has been seen floating around the theatre. Can you request that these days? Like, I remember when I did my will, the, like, the oh, lawyer was like, like... I should really do a will. How do you have a house and not have a will? They made me do it when I got a house. Maybe I do have a will. Maybe you do. I don't think I have a will. They were like, do you want to be wormed or burned? And I was like, burned. Oh, Jesus. And he never said, do you want your head severed? Yeah. Do you want to become a disemboweled... No, what is it? Disembodied head. <laughs> yeah. Disemboweled. <laughs> well, if I said wormed or burned, I'm like, neither. I want to be a disembodied head. <laughs> Left in plain view for all to see and comment on. My granddad, uh, um, he's still Did he alive, the... but he oh, said he's... I thought he's requested the, uh, the disembodied... He, he's already done all the paperwork to donate his body to science. Oh, really? Yeah, That's probably that quite popular these days. Yeah, it's... I don't think it's a trend with him, but... He's <laughs> <laughs> done something. Yeah, it's not hashtag donate my body. I remember a friend of my grandmama's, she did the same thing, body to science. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Another clown to haunt the Theatre Royal is Dan Leno, who is famed both for his clog dancing routine and his portrayal of a pantomime dame. So this cross-dressing, dancing, yeah, Leno performer. Yeah, I have a yeah. picture. Nice. Yeah. It's, it seems very appropriate for that sort of person. <laughs> Just the name. I mean, obviously, the famous Leno. But at the height of his popularity, Dan Leno went mad. And he died in 1904, aged just 43. Oh no. Body to science or head on a pole? Whatever. Well, let me see. Oh, jeez. His ghost, however, refuses to depart from the spotlights and often returns for an encore. See what they did there? Yeah. They used yeah. theater terms. Theater. Leno suffered badly from incontinence and used to disguise the, result, the resultant smell with perfume. <laughs> It's, it's terrible, like in death. It's also terrible you cracked up laughing. But that's, why would they say that about him? <laughs> he <laughs> shat himself and they covered it up with the perfume. Actors on stage might not see his ghost, but often detected his invisible presence of the as his passage is marked by the smell of lavender left hanging in the air. Oh, and lavender is such a poo smell. <laughs> like, poo smell? It's, everyone associates poo with lavender. Really? Yeah. I have a lavender body wash, so thanks for telling oh, me. Good on you. <laughs> In 1981, during a performance of the Pirates of Penzance, Nick Bromley, the company manager, was standing in the wings one night watching the performance, when suddenly he was pushed violently from behind. He spun around, but found that there was nobody there. 
The next night, an actress was standing in exactly the same spot when somebody tugged on her wig from behind. She too found no one behind her when she turned to investigate. Oh, okay. Interject, please. Interject. <sighs> so, is it the poo smell or the lavender smell? They don't. I'll go on. People passing. <laughs> it was I'm just waiting for an interjection it's very without much, a question. It's very much a, 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 a grandmothery thing, I think. The lavender scent, like you'd go to your grandmother's house, and there'd be that when grand when granddad dop, dropped a deuce, there'd be the um, the lavender air freshener, the well, lavender glade. In the nineties, there was the potpourri. Yeah, that was like big the wood shavings. Yeah, it would sit in that wee sort of like wooden, like, sort of like like a fabricy woodeny bowl thing there too. Exactly. Um, people passing what was once Leno's dressing room have also reportedly have also reported hearing a rhythmic drumming sound emanating from the room. This is believed to be the sound of his ghost rehearsing his famous clog dancing routine <laughs> over and over again. What, what what his famous clog dancing routine was? Like how could it be that famous? It's just <laughs> clogs. Yeah, and they're, the, they're cute and all, and wooden and all, but. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go and watch someone clog dance. Just, really? Just saying. Is that racist? To the Dutch? <laughs> you say that like they don't matter. Oh, when I was... But the theatre's most in... famous ghost is that of the so-called Man in Grey. Oh, like here this. we go. The limping apparition of a young man in a powdered wig, white ruffled shirt, grey riding cloak, and three-cornered hat. He invariably appears during the hours of daylight and seldom digresses from a time-worn route. He materializes on one side of the upper circle, crosses to the other side where he astonishes witnesses by melting into the wall. And interject. Melting into the wall? <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. I hope it doesn't sort of um, cause issue with like wallpaper wear or uh, the paint to fade. Giving uh, as, as I'm sort of in the middle of a, of a painting project, it would annoy me if a ghost kept coming in, wearing out my paint on the wall, having to touch up that spot, you know, day after day, week after week. <laughs> Good interjection, thank you. Thank you. Nine thousand three hundred steps. Oh, nice. He's getting there. In 1939, more than half the cast of the Dancing Years, who were on stage for a photo call, witnessed his ghost cross the upper circle and disappear in time-honored fashion. He's been seen by members of the audience, by famous actors too numerous to mention, by firemen, theatre managers, and numerous other staff at the Theatre Royal. He's sometimes also been seen sitting on the end seat of the fourth row by the central gangway of the upper circle. Very specific. It is very specific. I don't think they needed all those words. No, one of his favourites, and it's harder for you now. You've to spit all that out. <laughs> one morning... You could just say he sat in the theatre. He sat in one of the seats. Yeah. One morning, a cleaner who was new to the theatre had no knowledge of his ghost, encountered him in his seat. <laughs> encountered him in his seat at the end of the fourth row by the central gangway of the upper circle. Oh, they made you say it again. <laughs> um, thinking he was an actor, she sat down her equipment to speak with him, whereupon he vanished. As she looked around for an explanation, she noticed the same figure disappearing into the wall to the side of the circle pretty rude i mean she is a cleaner but still you should show a bit more respect than they that have feelings right yeah probably wouldn't even tip the identity of the man in gray remains a mystery although an intriguing discovery during renovations in the 1870s may shed some light into what <sighs> caused his ghost to haunt the theater as workmen went about their business they broke into a hidden room behind the skeleton of a man surrounded by remnants of grey cloth and 
dagger what? protruding from its ribcage. So he was murdered and thrown into the room, thrown into the wall. We don't know he was murdered, right? He was dead. Oh yeah, the dagger protruding from his ribcage. Well, Sorry, I wasn't concentrating. I, was I guess it could breathe. be suicide, I don't know. <laughs> Stab yourself and then hop yeah. into a cupboard. <laughs> cover to a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Clink, clink. It's been speculated that the remains were those of a young man who came up to London during the time of Queen Anne. Having won the affections of an actress at the theatre, who was murdered by her actor-lover. <gasps> Scandal. <laughs> so scandalous, isn't it? Scus, 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 scandalous. <laughs> Why does that so, so, so scandalous? I think it's that one, the later one. <laughs> Having won... Uh, where am I? Bum, 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 bum. That's, that's... Uh, let me take that sentence again at the risk of dying. Having won the affections of an actress at the theatre, he was murdered by her actor-lover in a fit of jealous rage, and his body was subsequently hidden in the secret recess where it lay, undiscovered, until the Victorian renovation of the theatre. Interject. Interject. Um, yeah, that sounds, that sound, sounds like a... Uh, Interjections are so good, they're always like, um... Yeah, yeah. it sounds like a novel, uh, novel way to hide a body. I've always thought that, um, actually, if you wanted to sort of hide a corpse... Like maybe maybe a hidden cavity within a wall would be a good spot. I suppose they wouldn't smell it because of that other guy who used to shit himself. <laughs> yeah, with the lavender smell. Yeah. I feel so sorry for that lavender, <laughs> that lavender shitting ghost. <laughs> well, he wasn't lavender shitting, but you know what I mean. But whatever the reason behind his haunting, the man in grey is welcome ghost since it's universally. Okay, typos. None of that makes sense. Typos. This isn't me reading it, it's the typos. Isn't you about to faint from the the rig of the trip? Yeah, there's just random words in there. Whatever banana, the hammock, the haunting the man in grey polka dot is on the Okay, he's losing it. Whatever the reason behind his haunting the man in grey is a welcoming a welcome ghost since it's universally acknowledged that he only ever appears at the beginning of a successful run at the theatre. The King and I, South Pacific and Oklahoma are just three of the productions he's endorsed with his presence. So he's a good luck omen. You could say that. Yeah. And the long-running Miss Saigon, you'd like that, I you're would. racist. Oh, oh. Was, <laughs> it's just, that's, that's so just, harsh. So I'll cool. move on. <laughs> you'd well, like that, you're racist. <laughs> And then, and then cut you off when you try to explain yeah. your way Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Was honoured with an appearance each time there was a change of cast. Ah. Oh, Interesting. Bless him. He is therefore treated with affection rather than fear and his antics, which include pushing performers into positions from where they can deliver their lines to best advantage, have become the stuff of theatrical legend. And I'm done. Quirky fella. Yeah. I'm up to... I didn't get my steps. 9,500. 9,500. Geez, still got 500 to go. Yeah. But if you come grab this, I'm done now. And then I'll hit my target when you do get me some strange. Whew. Right. Returning to the camping chair. Mm-hmm. So um, in this uh, third and final segment, this is the... I've noticed there's a few where we don't actually call it anything. I just introduce it without saying, get me some strange. 
Oh. This is the segment called Get Me Some Strange. I she picked up on that. That's, that's well yeah. This is where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Tony will flick. Uh, I would usually flick to a random page, but I'm going to let you do it. Then I'll say stop. Wait, you flick to a random page. You lose that. You're delirious. You're delirious. Yeah, I'm delirious. You're thinking of you're you usually flick flicking it because you've done the last three weeks in a row. <laughs> well, after my my series that you presented. Okay, let me do that again then. This is where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Tony will flick to a random page. I'll tell him where to stop, and Tony will read one of the random paranormal stories on the page we land on. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, and we're flicking. Stop. Oh, appearances and disappearances. <laughs> right in the dead center of the book, and also on the uh, the old cover page here. So I can I can see a, uh, a green flag. Uh-huh. Um, so I might need there's... to up my speed. I'm on 9690. So we're just going to do strange until I hit my goal. Okay. But keep, I'll just keep... speed it up and go faster. Right. Um, there's, there's a few here we've done. I'm just trying to find something that's... Uh, going to the actually here's a here's one that might oh it's quite a long one <laughs> should we since we need some time we'll go for this longer one okay because this is actually more of a famous tale that i've heard of before i've sped up now so we might not need too much time we'll okay go. so on december 4 1872 uh the the ship mary celeste have you heard of this ship before yes yeah i haven't i've heard a bit of not you know the story yeah. um was discovered east of the Azores, bobbing along at half sail and deserted. Captain Benjamin Briggs, his wife Sarah, their two-year-old daughter Sophia, and seven crewmen were gone. An entry written on a slate, but not yet entered in the ship's log, dated November 25, put her almost 370 miles west of where she was found. Her cargo was in good order. Two hatch covers were off, the ship's boat was gone. The four, I assume it's like a life raft type thing. Yeah. The, the four vessel. upper top sail was lost and the binnacle was overturned. Oh, bloody binnacle. It's a binnacle. Don't know. Carry on. <laughs> Most important, the wheel was not lashed, an indication that the ship was abandoned in a hurry. Wow. By coincidence, the captain of the De Gratia who had made the discovery was a friend of Briggs's not so good pronunciation and had to dine with him less than a month earlier toasting Briggs's new command Captain David Morehouse and the crewman who helped salvage the Mary Celeste testified at length during the three month inquiry at Gibraltar concerning the abandoned ship from the beginning legends and rumours wrapped themselves around the case how you doing with them Am I doing yeah. stepwise? Yeah. 9890. Good. The Attorney General of the Gibraltar, uh, of, of Gibraltar theorised that the crew had broken into the commercial alcohol, which was the cargo, then killed Briggs and his family in a drunken fury and escaped by lifeboat. What dicks? Dickers. Dickheads. Yeah. Dick move. <laughs> uh, Is that paranormal though? Uh, booze. No, like... <laughs> Robbers. Robbers. <laughs> Murderers, <laughs> yeah. There's dicks. Uh, yeah. In fact, the alcohol would have blinded or killed anyone foolish enough to drink it. Okay, it was like pure alcohol then. Wow. Um, 
Others whispered that Morehouse and Briggs had plotted the Mary Celeste's abandonment to get salvage moonays. Then, oh, like insurance fraud. Yeah. Is that paranormal? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Ghostly insurance fraud? <laughs> then quarreled on board the De Grata with fatal results. But the two men's friendship was well established, and there was no evidence whatsoever for the story. Uh, there was rumours... Four, the three, got it! Hey, 10,000 steps. Sing your 10,000 steps song. Uh, it's the 10,000 steps... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen plus a lot. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. That's made it all worthwhile. But the two men's friendship was well established, and there was no evidence whatsoever for this story. There was even some rumours that the two had been more than just friends at a certain point in their life, if you know what I mean. Yet the naval court saw fit to award the Degrata. A salvage fee that was only a fraction, one-fifth of what it should have been. According to one account, Briggs had feared that the flammable cargo was leaking and hastily abandoned ship, then had become separated from it as a vagrant wind filled its sails. Mm -hmm. Possibly the best explanation is that a water spout hit the Mary Celeste. The atmospheric pressure inside a water spout is very low. The difference between that pressure and the normal pressure inside the ship could have caused the hatch covers to blow open and forced the bilge water tank up into the uh, pump well. It would appear the ship had taken on six to eight feet of water and was sinking fast. Over the years, a number of true explanations were published, several purporting to be by survivors of the Mary Celeste crew. One clearly fictional account, so why is it in here, was yeah. by oh, Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes of Sherlock Holmes, right. Spain. Published in 1884, it was reprinted as fact by many newspapers and did not do their it? research, did yeah. they? Uh, it's like our podcast, just publishing his nonsense as <laughs> truth. Uh, and every Thanks for listening, everyone, though. Yeah, we love you. Uh, and every investigator since has had to cut through the fables Doyle put forth. Doyle's was a, Doyle was a dick with us. Mm-hmm. Um, that tea on the galley table was still warm when the Degratas crew boarded, that a crucial page had been found torn from the log, and that breakfast is still cooking. So all that was made up by Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> Man! Um, the case of the Mary Celeste remains the classic nautical, nautical mystery. Adding a note of poignancy is Briggs... is... 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 is is last letter to his mother in Maine. Our vessel is in beautiful trim. Watch those red lights. I hope we shall have a fine passage. Um, I can't see the lights. The book's in the way. <laughs> That's I, the bits where you blow I hope sound. we shall have a fine passage. But as a, ooh, a fine passage. <laughs> Naughty <laughs> princesses. I hope we shall have a fine passage. But as I have never been in her before... Oh, Briggsy. Here we go. As I have never been in her before, I can't say how she'll sail. <laughs> and that's that. All right. Okay, um, so you nailed it. 10,000. Well <coughs> yep. done. Up to 10,200. So Smashed through the, the threshold there. It that I turned it up by over a kilometre in speed so once I stopped what having to 3.7? 3.7. Yeah, good guess. I need to see how fast you walk on, I just think. I oh, guess yeah, she has a 3.7. Um, it's actually 3.6, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I just wanted to get out of here, so now yeah. I've prolonged that nicely. And we're still talking and still yeah. going. Well, we, still probably could, we probably could have ended this episode like yeah. you know almost a minute ago. But on that note, we'll call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Do you need to say how to donate to you? Um, donate. I'll tweet a link to donate. Um, any little donation goes a long way because we have such a terrible exchange rate. So um, <laughs> that's right. And I'm going to the United States on holiday in like uh, less than two months, and right. uh, that could be quite harsh for my spending. <laughs> Excellent. On that note, we'll call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Join us next week. Well done. Good effort. Toodaloo.